0: Welcome to The Legal Eagle, where we explore the legal issues of the day. This is Marcia Chambers, and I'm the editor of The Brantford Eagle as well. Um, we look into the criminal and civil justice system, both at the state and federal level, and we talk to lawyers and judges and folks connected to the law in various forms. Today, we welcome back Ed Marcus former chairman of the Democratic State Central Committee in Connecticut, former state major- Senate majority leader, long-time head and still, still head of the Marcus Law Firm, which was for many years in New Haven and now in North Brantford. Uh, Ed has been a force in Connecticut politics for many decades and continues to be. Uh, and he's been a witness and participant in some fascinating history. And we are just delighted to have him here in the studio this morning. Given the events of last night, um, and uh, when Ed came in this morning, we both sort of looked at each other, and the only sort of thought in our initial mind was initially was Richard Nixon. So, (laughs) anyway, um, tell us, Ed, what you thought when you heard the news that the president had fired uh, the uh, Attorney General, uh, the acting Attorney General.
1: Well, good morning. Uh, Happy to be back again. Uh, You know, the the funny thing is, I was thinking about it last night before I heard the news. Uh And Trump is one of these people that obviously uh, you push him, he's going to push back. Uh And I was thinking to myself, what is he going to do? And is he really going to fire? And lo and behold, he did. (laughs) And I was thinking back to uh, 73. Obviously, the details were very fuzzy uh-huh in my mind but right. i do you know recall it right and it was uh a terrible but historical event and here we are repeating history again
0: right and that event i mean it, it was the sense of the monday we were now at the monday night massacre right as opposed to the saturday night massacre so um for those two do we recall exactly what happened this had to be um uh the, uh, N- Nixon's, um, uh, firing of, of Archibald Cox.
1: Well, he wanted Archibald Cox, who was leading up the investigation, uh, on Watergate right. to be fired, to be fired. right. And he asked Elliot Richardson, who was the yeah. attorney general who came from Massachusetts mm-hmm. to do it. And he turned him down. Right. And finally, um, and then I think there was a, a second person that took Richardson's place. Right. And he Turned declined to do it. Right. Then Robert Bork took that person's place. Right. Became acting attorney general, and he did fire Cox. Right. And, of course, the rest is history. Right. Uh, you know, the impeachment and right. I think resignation the, and, the, and so
0: on. My recollection was that the impeachment start, prece- impeachment proceedings began a couple of weeks after uh the, uh, the firing. I mean, well, it, it,
1: this precipitated, <clears throat> it precipitated. Okay. I don't expect, uh, a similar result in the case of Trump, but you know, I was on a, uh, um, TV program a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, face the state. And right. I actually predicted that Trump is either going to resign or be impeached before his term is over. I mean, he just continues to do one outrageous thing after another, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe that's his game plan. He does so many things mm-hmm. every day that it's hard to pin him down because uh, what is news today suddenly uh, gets pushed to the back
0: pages the next day. Right, and I, I think the news cycle has something to do, you know, it's we're, we're really in a fascinating time in terms of news and how it's, so you have to keep going. I guess he, that's what he thinks.
1: That's his theory, I believe.
0: Yes, think? I mean, so you got to
1: keep pushing it out. Right. One one Twitter after another, one announcement after another, and it's just total chaos. Right. Uh, And yet it's chaos where he's getting uh, his message out there.
0: His personality now has become very, I mean, we all knew what the personality was, but it's sort of show, it's sort of a spotlight on his impulsiveness. I mean, he's impulsive, but now you can see how impulsive he is with these orders.
1: He's he's impulsive to the point that it is scary to think of that man with all of the power that the uh, President of the United States has. Absolutely frightening.
0: Absolutely right, yes. And so there is a sense, at least in many communities and, and on the streets, people need to do something. Are you hearing that?
1: Well, they need to do something, and I think they are. I think um, these marches have an effect. Mm Now, you you have to remember that the the Senate, even though the Republicans have control, Mm -hmm. only requires a shift of three Republicans, and then the whole thing has changed.
0: All you need is three?
1: All you need really is three. You have 48 Democrats, 52 uh, Mm -hmm. if you want to include Rand Paul as a Republican, Mm -hmm. and I'm really not sure what he is. (laughs) <laughs> and you have people like John McCain and Lindsey Graham, who I think would be eager to move uh, on a uh, substantive issue.
0: Yeah, and do you you sense that they they're just waiting for something more, or?
1: Well, they're they're talking out now, uh-huh. and I think they're waiting for something else, and there will be something else. Uh That you can be sure of, whether it's today (laughs) or tomorrow or the next day.
0: I mean, you you think about it. We're only, what, 10 days in, if that?
1: Only 10 days in. Things should be very quiet at this point, except for getting his uh, nominees approved. Right. uh, And uh, he should be learning about how you run the government. Right. Instead, he's uh, issued one executive order after another, whether constitutional whether they'll stick, whether they need uh, congressional approval, no one really has thought it out.
0: right, right, exactly. And you know what was fascinating over the weekend was the role of the judiciary. What were you thinking when what did you think when the order when the judge in Brooklyn issued her order?
1: Well, I really wasn't surprised because mm-hmm. there are all kinds of constitutional <clears throat> questions that uh, uh, trump's executive order Uh, raises. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the judiciary is supposed to be and is really an independent body. Right. And you've got the executive and the legislative judiciary. And Trump is kind of merging. And I think he probably has merged in his mind, the executive and the judiciary. He appears to have the kind of mind that uh, if he wants it to be so, then it is so.
0: Right. And I think, Really what I was sensing, particularly among younger folks in the area, they didn't fully understand the role of the judiciary, the three branches, and that, yes, the judiciary can stop something, right? I mean, you can't fire... Absolutely. A, you can't fire a federal judge. No, you can't. Right? Isn't that in the Constitution, if I recall? Well, I
1: think you can <clears throat> only dispose of a federal judge under very unique circumstances. Right,
0: right. And unlikely to happen. So the Unlikely to happen. Right. So. Uh, I think folks were, oh, maybe somebody can help here.
1: (laughs) Well, there have been five federal judges that have ruled against him on his uh, immigration order. Mm -hmm. And I think if it goes up to an appellate court, uh, they will rule against it as well. The Supreme Court, uh, his nominee is going to come out today, and I can only suspect that that nominee is going to be pretty far off to the right. Correct. And what that will do to the uh, ruling of the court when it gets there, because it will ultimately go to the Supreme Court, Mm. don't know. You know, hopefully some of the um, uh, judges that lean to the right do have a conscience and uh, maybe one or two of them will do the right thing.
0: Right, but you never know. But you don't know. You don't know, but yeah, yeah, that's going to be fascinating. Yeah, well,
1: it'd be fascinating, but you know, it's just like the uh, the hanging chad, I mean, the <laughs> presidential election was decided no question about it because of the political preference of uh, uh majority of the Supreme Court.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes, no, that's absolutely correct.
1: You know, they they're just people like you and I and they have their likes and dislikes and uh, whoever Trump appoints is probably going to go down the line with whatever Trump uh, is for.
0: Oh, no question about that. He's already indicated. He's, and that, he, he, that's disturbing. He, that is disturbing. Yes, exactly right. But it looks like in general, at least at this point, and we're only in the beginning, right? We're only, whatever, 10 days in. It looks like the Constitution is holding, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's hanging in there.
1: Well, you know, in the long run, the Constitution will definitely hold. Mm-hmm. And in the short run, I think it will hold as well. There are enough people in the Congress that are going to uh, fight against Trump mm-hmm. when he does something which is uh, a violation of the constitution and I think people the protests I think have been very positive because they have mm-hmm. been free of any violence, free of you know people uh, causing damage mm-hmm. which does not help anyone's cause right <clears throat> but there's been an outpouring of uh People uh without it even being really organized mm-hmm. uh that are just totally against what Trump is doing, and that has to have some effect on him uh Trump's personality seems to be one of gee, I want you to love me right uh you know more than like me, but mm-hmm. say how great I am, and to have all of these hundreds of thousands of people that are uh against him
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh I think that bothers him.
0: Yes, yes,
1: yes, yes, and maybe that will slow him down <clears throat> and get him to think out what it is he's doing
0: I'm less optimistic than you, but
1: <laughs> well, I'm not optimistic, <laughs> you know I'm hopeful that oh, uh, right right uh that maybe it'll changes what it, what he's doing
0: right, it looks like he's um yeah it, it it it's it's kind of fascinating, and I don't think he probably figured out. The role of you know the demonstrator, the resistance, the protester—you know—I don't that.
1: think he anticipated any of those,
0: right? And um, and also the arrival. I mean, folks can get together pretty quickly via Facebook, via you know, absolutely. I, I think that's different from I mean, it's definitely different from Nixon. I mean, where whatever yeah. happened, was, well,
1: Twitter and Facebook or, or uh, just the social media have all changed, right? And you can get mm-hmm. a group together uh, in hours.
0: An hours, right. And that was fairly clear uh, looking at the TV uh, when the judicial ruling was coming down. This was on a Saturday night at 9.30. You get hundreds of people in Brooklyn. I mean, no, it, you, I mean it was kind of... Stunning. It is incredible. It, it was amazing because it happened so quickly.
1: Well, you know what? what? Trump has to get through his head at some point, or if mm-hmm. not Trump, his advisors. Mm-hmm. But he's a president that got elected... Through a series of quirks. quirks. Were it not for the Comey letters, mm-hmm. were it not for the uh, hacking, mm-hmm. uh, probably by the Russians, uh, in which Trump has yet to admit, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be there. Uh, he's a president that got elected by a minority of the voters. Right. And
0: uh, it's interesting because he was supposed to speak to Putin over the weekend. Presumably he did. There's been nothing yet on that.
1: Well, they did announce that he did. They did. They and discussed. that he had almost an hour conversation. Mm-hmm. But they just generalized what they discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, if uh, he were to uh, suggest the lifting of sanctions, then you know that uh, something is up, so to speak. Right. Exactly what we'll never know. Right.
0: Right. Yes. I was, I was struck by the silence. Maybe,
1: maybe it'll be mm-hmm. a new Trump hotel in, uh, in <laughs> Moscow or some other. Part of Russia.
0: Right. Well, a, a law we discussed before, the emoluments thing, and, and how—is there any movement, do you think, any, any um, lawsuits that you have heard of with regard to uh, Trump's problems?
1: Not yet, Not but yet. I believe there will be. I, I think there will be multiple, multiple lawsuits. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be surprised if there aren't 25 or 30 suits really? uh, as against Trump personally— As well as his administration, he just can't do what he's doing, and get away with it.
0: And get away right. And you know, speaking of Comey, I mean, his job seems to be secure.
1: Well, he has a ten-year term, Uh and once again, unless you do something which is absolutely uh, fraudulent, you know, convicted of uh, not convicted, accused of Mm -hmm. taking monies to make a ruling or. Uh, indict or not suggest an indictment for someone, but short of something like that, you're there. So he's pretty much free to do what he wants,
0: right? And right, exactly, and so that sort of and it's also a nice, you know, pat, pat on the back. You know, I mean,
1: well, having the position, yes. correct,
0: correct. Um, and then we have the rise uh, or the continued rise of a uh, uh, Steve Bannon now. We also learned in the last couple of days that he's sitting in on top security issues. And the and tell us about that whole issue. How how does that go down?
1: Well, uh, Trump mm-hmm. has designated uh, Steve Bannon to be a member of the National Security Council. Right. Uh, Steve Bannon uh, was in the Navy for a few years. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the only background that I'm aware of that he has uh, relating to security. Right, and it's unheard of uh, to put someone like Bannon, who was a stock trader
2: mm-hmm.
1: at Goldman Sachs, uh, who uh, wrote a uh, ultra, was involved as editor right. of an ultra right newspaper. Right, uh, right. Butner. Just don't understand it. Right, uh, it, it it's not fathomable. Uh, there is absolutely no rhyme or reason uh, to what Trump is doing.
0: Well, he well he might, right. We can continue. He's
1: satisfying the far right, but there are only so many votes there. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he intends to run again, I would say uh, his chances right now are uh, one out of a hundred of being reelected. <laughs> uh, I, I think he's gotten people uh, really excited in a negative sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, too bad they weren't as excited uh, prior to the election because all Hillary needed was uh, seventy to 80,000 votes in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania all put together, and it all would have changed.
0: Yes, uh, we, uh, we want to uh, uh, remind our uh, listeners that we are listening to uh, Ed Marcus, um, an attorney and uh, a political pundit, and uh, hear his views on uh, what has been happening in Washington. Um, yes, that is what Hillary needed. When you look back... Um, We've discussed this before in other shows. When you look back at what really went wrong, what in your mind are the top three items that sort of shifted? She only needed 80,000, but there were other problems with the campaign or with Outlook or something?
1: Well, you know, I'd say number one, the uh, Mm -hmm. slow drip of release of emails Mm -hmm. had to hurt. Mm -hmm. Uh, No one would want their emails hacked. Uh, Their emails are are a very funny animal because you tend to be very cryptic sometimes. You don't have enough time. And uh, they can be easily misinterpreted and misunderstood. And this is what happened. It was day after day of negative stuff coming out. I think that was one major blow to the campaign. Mm -hmm. I think secondly were the two Comey emails. The first one was disastrous suggesting that the investigation uh, was going to be reopened, Mm -hmm. and it was reopened. And the second one saying she was clear really didn't help. All it did was remind people about the first one.
0: And that came only several days before the actual election, Several days
1: before the actual election. Uh, But I think the first one, particularly when people had started to vote in various states, Mm -hmm. uh, had to be disastrous. And I think the, the third reason... Uh, and I like Hillary, and I'm a Hillary supporter and yes. Hillary fan. I think she would have made a great president. But uh, when you're around as long as she is, uh, you have baggage. Yes. And that baggage was out there. Uh, the primary was Sanders, uh, gave her additional exposure, but not all of it was positive. So she really w- was dealing with uh, a lot of unusual obstacles.
0: Yeah, and and many people looking back now think that if Bernie had gotten the nomination, he had such um, uh, endorsement and power from from young people across the country, which she didn't have that much of. I don't I I don't know the numbers per se, but I saw a great deal of enthusiasm for him among younger folks.
1: Well, I think he would have gotten that group, but then again, I think he would have lost a number of people that voted for Hillary who are. You know, moderates, people in the middle mm-hmm. who may have thought, gee, uh, Sanders is an avowed socialist. Right. Uh, do I really want a socialist? So I think that would have balanced out. And I think that uh, Sanders probably would not have done as well as Hillary. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I, I think Hillary was the, <clears throat> the best candidate uh, that the Democrats could have put out there. Mm-hmm. Just uh, unfortunate Circumstances that never, ever should have occurred.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah it was, particularly Comey. Oh, was, Comey
1: was just a wild card that just, I mean, he violated every rule of the game in doing what he did. I mean, including his comments uh, back in July when he announced that uh, there wasn't any basis for asking for an indictment.
0: Right.
1: You know, his comments <clears throat> were gratuitous. <clears throat> And negative hmm. and hmm. used by Trump all through the campaign.
0: Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Um, so, l- thinking about how Trump operates, um, one of the sort of obvious uh, comments that he makes all the time, uh, or obvious conclusions that he draws all the time, is that the media is rigged. And the attack on the media across the board, right, right is consistent, and predictable, and, and continuing. Um, well,
1: you know, Trump is without a doubt a congenital liar.
0: Congenital liar, okay. Right. So if you're
1: a congenital liar... <laughs> we can
0: quote you on that. <laughs>
1: you can quote me on that. So if you're a congenital liar, uh, every day mm-hmm. you're making statements and pronouncements that have no basis in fact. Mm-hmm. The media's job is to point that out. The media points it out. So his way of protecting against that, you know, the truth will out, but the truth will destroy Trump. So Trump naturally attacks the media as being biased. And, you know, I I hate to compare Trump to uh, to Adolf Hitler. But uh, if uh, you go back in time, go back in history, uh, this is the uh, technique that Uh, Goebbels used, who was the head of his Mm -hmm. propaganda division, Mm -hmm. uh, the big lie if you tell it over and over again, people will believe it becomes true,
0: right? And people believe, and that's Mm
1: -hmm. what Trump is doing. And attacking the media uh, is his way of trying to protect against his uh, use of alternate facts. Mm -hmm. You know, alternate facts are what they're just lies, right? You know, facts are facts, right? They can't be alternate.
0: Right, but it's so fascinating because um, a lot of people believe him. that's what's so interesting. It's you, you don't get enough pushback about you know the integrity of the media.
1: Well, I think there's a lot of pushback, but I think there are a lot—not a lot—but I think there is a very hardcore Trump uh, group in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that are enthusiastic. About what Trump is doing, mm-hmm. and every time he does something, and uh, the press may attack him, particularly the New York Times, which mm-hmm. I have found to be pretty accurate mm-hmm. over the years in you know their assessment of facts, uh, you'll get his group mm-hmm. of solid people. It's a minority, I think it's a small minority, uh, but they're going to say, uh, you know, you can't trust these uh, uh, northeastern elite. <laughs> uh, newspapers, uh, or people speaking as against Trump, you know they're all Yale and Harvard oriented, right? And they're no good.
0: Yeah, they're good,
1: right? right. Uh, they, they think they're better than we are. We're going to teach them a lesson. So I think you've got that out there as well. Uh, right. There is a split country over all of us. Yes, with a majority being against what Trump is doing. I think if you had an election tomorrow he would lose hands down.
0: Right, right. And, of course, he lost the popular vote, so he's pretending he didn't.
1: By 3 million, which is close to 3 million, yeah. which is very substantial.
0: Very substantial. Um, So what will it take for people, what, what will it take for some of the Republicans to speak out? Are they just fearful?
1: Well, you know, he's the president. He has some power, has a great deal of power. If you're a U.S. senator... <clears throat> and you have a project that you're looking to get approved in your state, mm-hmm. uh, Trump is in a position to kill it. Mm-hmm. So that senator has to think, do I want the project or do I want to be honorable? Good point. And uh, But I, I do believe at some point uh, politicians tend to be honorable, mm-hmm. but it takes a lot of pressure
2: mm-hmm.
1: before they're willing to risk Uh, uh, themselves politically Mm -hmm. uh, or things, projects uh, for their constituencies.
0: Right. Um, It looks like our Connecticut senators are doing the job.
1: Oh, they're right out there. I think Chris Murphy and Dick Blumenthal uh, do not live in fear. First of all, they know that they're very solid uh, in the state of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's no candidate on the horizon. Uh, that would have a chance against either one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know who the Republicans are going to run uh, against Chris Murphy next year, but uh, I would say they would have very little chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's solid with the voters in Connecticut, mm-hmm. so they know they have that base. Mm-hmm. So they really can afford to be up front and center, and they are. And I congratulate them for doing it.
0: Right, right. They've been, and and the governor has been,
1: and the governor as mm-hmm. well. The governor's been right out there, right with him. And, uh, you know, the governor has, has been, I think, doing the best job that anyone could do, given the cards that were dealt him, uh, which were, uh, the, you know, he, he given he, he was given a state uh, that had caretaker governors in Roland and in Rill. Mm-hmm. They did nothing. The, the problems kept piling up. Mm-hmm. They just push him to one side. Uh, Dan Malloy inherited all of them, and has been fighting a good fight to uh, stabilize the state.
0: He faces uh, a he faces some very serious issues. Um, his budget is about to come out uh, in February. Um, what are your thoughts uh, about the budget pro- crisis and the next governor?
1: Well, my thoughts about the budget crisis are that when you do not pay your obligations for a period of years, mm-hmm. which is what happened before he became governor,
2: mm-hmm.
1: those debts add up, whether you're an individual
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, or a state, right. and you always have to pay the piper. Uh, how that's going to be done, uh, you, you do it by uh, uh, letting the workforce state workforce diminish, Mm -hmm. maybe through attrition, Mm -hmm. maybe through other means. You try to make deals with the unions, uh, which uh, uh, Dan Willey is certainly attempting to do, Mm -hmm. but it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. It'd be much easier if you were living in a state where you had a billion dollar surplus and were trying to figure out how many wonderful things you could do for people with that money, but that just isn't the case. Right. But to lay blame at his <clears throat> doorstep is also wrong, because he has done nothing to create these deficits. Right, he just inherited. He, he just inherited.
0: What do you think of? Do uh, you think he will run again for governor? He doesn't. I have don't. A, I, I, he doesn't have a very good uh, popularity rating. At well, the that doesn't mean
1: much, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was for Dan Malloy when he was at uh, six <laughs> percent.
0: Yeah, you've got a good head for this. Though.
1: Back in uh, 2009, <clears throat> uh-huh. and uh, there was no way at 6% that you uh, would normally uh, believe that this person could win, but I did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the numbers right now don't mean all that much. It's still a good year and a half away, mm-hmm. and uh, he hasn't started a campaign. He hasn't said whether he's going to run again or not. Right, right. So it's just, but I wouldn't count him out.
0: Wouldn't count him out, uh, okay.
1: Dan is a um, very hard campaigner, good campaigner, and uh, his recognition factor is now 100%, and that <laughs> that's a good beginning.
0: Yes, right. And, you know, if Hillary had become the president, right? I'm,
1: I'm, well, if she had him, I, I suspect, I don't know for sure, but I suspect he would have been asked to join for yeah. cabinet. But
0: now, you don't necessarily know, but that was a possibility. Certainly. Very problem, very yeah, good, good possibility. possibility,
1: right. But that didn't happen and uh he may very well decide that he wants to run again and I think uh Dan Drew, you know the mayor of Middletown who announced Oh yeah. made a mistake. I think that was a very disrespectful uh act on Dan's part. Uh-huh. And Dan is a, a has a great future ahead of him. He's an excellent mayor. He's a very bright, uh, able, articulate young man. Mm-hmm. But when you have an incumbent governor at the same party, uh, you talk to the governor before you announce.
0: <laughs> right, right. He forgot that little... That he was, forgot that. Right, right. So um, as you sit here this morning, um, what goes through your mind with regard to sort of the whole, the total sort of political scene with regard to the state and the nation as in the next, say, month or so? What do you think might happen? <clears throat>
1: well, in the, the mm-hmm. state, I don't think anything unusual is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think the budget will be balanced through uh, a number of methods, of uh, maybe some additional bonding
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: for infrastructure <clears throat> uh-huh. that is needed. Uh, it is possible that sales tax might go up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're also going to have to cut back on on spending, mm-hmm. uh, to get it balanced. It's going to be difficult, but it will be done. And uh, hopefully we can get some uh, new large companies to come into the to state mm-hmm. to uh, increase our tax base. You know, nationally, I think that uh, what you've seen over the first 10 days is probably a good idea of what you're going to see over the next six months. Uh, I I think Trump is the kind of person that must see his name in headlines, whether uh, positive or negative, Mm -hmm. day after day. So he's going to be announcing something Mm -hmm. every day uh, to keep his name out there. He did it during the campaign. He got billions of dollars of free advertising. Right. And he's going to do it again. Uh, He's one of these people that even if it's negative, it's okay. Because he'll say it, it's the damn media. Right. You know, they're lying about me. Right. And he'll have that core of supporters that will believe it.
0: And all the media can do, really, is just do its job.
1: Well, they have to do its job. They I mean, can't they, back they, away. They, and
0: they can't react to him. I mean. Absolutely. Right. And, and some members of the, you know, some outlets don't necessarily understand that yet. But, you know, you just got to plow forward.
1: They can't worry about the fact that he has the title of president. They have to look at him for what he is, uh, sort of a, uh, a half-educated con man, I guess, is the way to describe him.
0: <laughs> half-educated con man, yes.
1: Well, went to, he went to a very prestigious college, but I don't think he got much out of it.
0: Right. Yeah. The question is, he what must
1: did... have been doing something else.
0: Can't imagine what. <laughs> I... <laughs>
1: Well, I can imagine.
0: We can imagine, but I but, guess we won't talk about no, it. No, no, we won't talk about it. No, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's absolutely good. Good, good insight, Ed. <laughs> um, let's talk about healthcare. What uh, and the Affordable Care Act and the impact of um, of that of, of, of Trump's well actions. It just
1: just, it just shows how little thought the Trump administration has put into what they're doing you can't abolish the Affordable Care Act and have nothing to take its place. Right, You just can't do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, what happens to people that desperately need that insurance? And remember, with all of the pounding by the Republicans against the Affordable Care Act, uh, the fact is people have insurance that did not before. People that had preconditions are now insured.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I think it's been a positive thing, not negative. It's just something they could bang Obama for, they being uh, the Republicans. Mm -hmm. And they did. Mm -hmm. And I think they somehow convinced a substantial portion of Mm -hmm. our population uh, that Obamacare was a negative. I see it as Mm -hmm. a positive. Right.
0: Yes, and it it appears also that there's been some interesting stories that have come out that have been leaked. There were a lot, a lot of different leaks, and one of the leaks came from a, a Republican meeting one weekend uh, that wound up in the Washington Post, and uh, in, in which there was a whole discussion of the, the Republican uh, Congress folks that they didn't quite know what to do, and they, there was this, and out came this. Audio.
1: (laughs) Well, well, I think they are uncomfortable with the fact that they know that you can't take the insurance away from the people that have it. Mm -hmm. If you're going to abolish affordable health care and uh, have that legislation wiped out, you must have something that takes its place. They're not ready for it. They never should have done what they did. Right. I mean, it was a uh, another move by Trump to get the headlines. Uh, follow through with a campaign promise that never should have been made. So he's following through with what he said, although some of us hope that maybe they were just campaign promises. But right. he is delivering on them, uh, much to uh, uh, the detriment of the people of this country.
0: Right. And so how do you think, what What do you think will happen next in the affordable care on that issue,
1: I think it's going to be many months before you see it abolished. Mm-hmm. I think they may end up keeping a lot of it mm-hmm. uh, and just make uh, revisions uh, that the Republicans are uh, content with. I think there's going to be some bipartisan action uh, on it.
0: Right. Oh, okay. In what way? I think there has to be. Yeah.
1: I think there have to be some compromises made. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a student of the act, Mm -hmm. so I can't tell you specifically uh, what the negatives are, but there isn't any legislation that can't be tweaked. (laughs) And that's what they should do uh, to satisfy the political needs of the Republicans, but basically to help people that uh, can't get insurance any other way.
0: Right. And we are here today in our studio uh, with Ed Marcus, and we are discussing the Trump administration and the various <clears throat> actions that the president has taken in the last 10 days. Um, looking back on your long career in politics, how would you describe, what, what role do the states have? Do the states have any role? And if so, what? I'm, I'm getting a sense that that's happening.
1: Well, the, 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 the states have a role. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, it's never been 100% clear uh, what the federal government can do and what the states can do on certain issues. But you now have a number of states' attorney generals Mm -hmm. uh, that are going to court on the uh, latest executive order relating to immigrants. And immigration is a major issue. Mm -hmm. And what Trump did once again was really aim his sights on largely... Uh, uh, Muslim-populated countries. but
0: And only specific countries.
1: And specific countries, two of which, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, of course, are countries where there are many people that worked with us, Mm -hmm. uh, put their lives on the line uh, for us, along with uh, American uh, military personnel. And uh, they deserve to have a chance to come to this country. And uh, you do have, I believe, 16 or 17 states' attorney generals that are questioning the constitutionality uh, of that order. So the states can do a lot Mm -hmm. uh, through their attorney generals
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, to uh, make it clear that what Trump is doing is not legal Mm -hmm. uh, and is not morally right.
0: Right. And... um... Right, and in trying, yes, as it moves up through the court process. I guess I wonder how long, you know, the court process takes a while. Yes, it does. And so...
1: But nevertheless, it's a process that works. Mm -hmm. And as it goes through that process, uh, there will be publicity uh, relating to these actions. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the people that uh, during the campaign had accused Trump of assaulting her, Uh, did bring suit against him after he was sworn in. And uh, that's going to be an interesting case. And it'll be interesting to see how many other uh, people join in uh, that litigation.
0: Right, right. There's so many things that break every single day, but that's that's true. But
1: that's out there. hasn't gotten much publicity.
0: Right, it hasn't. But it's there. Right. What state is that, do you know?
1: Uh... Well, I think the attorney is from California.
0: California, right, that's right. Right, right. Yes, yes I'm now saying, yes.
1: I think her name is Gloria Alred. Gloria
0: Alfred. Alred, Alred, yes. She's a feisty uh, feminist attorney, yeah.
1: Right, and if she's representing one, I suspect uh, there were 13 people that accused him. I suspect there'll be more than one.
0: Right, yes.
1: And that'll be interesting. Oh, yeah. To see what happens with a sitting president and the uh, litigation where... He can be subpoenaed as a witness.
0: Yes, that would be uh, that would be quite fascinating.
1: <laughs> it's going to be interesting.
0: <laughs> yes, for journalists as well as lawyers. <laughs> That's true. And many lawyers are doing this pro bono. Ed. Yes, they are. Right. I mean, what what are you? What's your thoughts about that? It doesn't surprise me, but it it, it does to some degree in the sense that how many of them are giving up their time to do it.
1: Well, you know, I, I think that uh, lawyers have a particular interest in what's going on because they they study the law, they understand the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to see uh, this country become uh, uh, a non-democracy. Mm-hmm. They don't want to see people's rights violated. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Trump administration uh, has started out to do. And you just can't let them go scot-free. I mean, he didn't get elected as a dictator, got right. elected as a president subject to all the checks and balances that exist. Right. And he can't just destroy them, you know, one by one because he'd like to. But I think lawyers have a unique uh, particular interest in seeing that the Constitution is upheld and that the law is upheld. Uh, so uh, despite the bad rap that most lawyers have, and all the lawyer jokes, right? Uh, I think most of them are good people, right? And I commend them for uh, volunteering,
0: right? And and uh, they're 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 making statements that the public is responding to. The the public is looking now at lawyers and saying, "Hey, we've got an avenue, we have a way,
1: uh, absolutely,
0: to to voice our our concerns."
1: I mean, I I think the public has got to. Uh, demonstrate when appropriate, and do so where there is no damage to anyone's property, mm-hmm. uh, no one's being threatened. Uh, I think that's a positive. That's where people can participate. Uh, letters to the editor mm-hmm. uh, are a positive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, letters to their congressional representatives mm-hmm. and telephone calls to them. Mm-hmm. That's the right way to go about protesting.
0: Right. And I hear that people are really going to the offices throughout the country of their representatives. Well,
1: just, I think that's a good thing, yeah. provided you don't sit there and, you know, block people from getting in and out. Right. right. Uh, just don't break the law in doing it. Right. Right.
0: Okay. On that note, that's a good last, last sentence there, Ed. Uh, and thank you so much, Ed, for being with us today and sharing oh, your thoughts. My, my pleasure. I, I We really enjoyed it. And our time is up. It goes fast when... Uh, When we uh, are engaged in an interesting, fascinating conversation, we will have you back again uh, as this whole uh, evolution (laughs) occurs, I guess. Happy to come back. Thank you. Uh, And to our listeners, you can go to the newhavenindependent.org website to get a podcast of this broadcast. You can watch it on our Facebook page, uh, The New Haven Independent, and uh, we are producing a number of uh, radio shows during the day, and we hope that you will listen in. Thank you, Ed.
1: Thank you.